0: Good morning, and welcome to the Presbyterian Church on Edisto Island. It's a joy to have you with us this morning. Before we begin worship, I'd like to make a few announcements. We love to welcome visitors, especially first-timers. For those of us who are here today for the first time, we have a small gift for you to remember us by and share a little more about our church. If you'll raise your hand, I know will bring you a welcome bag. Should you need it, a restroom is located on the starboard side of the sanctuary through these doors back here. There are friendship registers in each pew to let let us know of your presence this morning. Please sign and pass along to your neighbors. If you're visiting today, there's a space to have your contact information and we'll gladly be in touch. The nursery is over in the uh, Ministry Center and welcomes children ages 6 and under at any time during the service. The sanctuary flowers this morning are given by Ed and Lou Wiley to the glory of God and in thanksgiving for the baptism of Andrew Coleman Pyle and in honor of his parents, Quentin and Molly Pyle, grandparents, Johnny and Pam McElhaney, and great-grandparents, John and Norma McElhaney. There's a lot on our prep Steering calendar this week and I'd like to highlight that the worship committee will meet in the fellowship hall today immediately after worship. The fellowship committee will also meet in the fellowship hall today immediately after worship. I hope someone brings sandwiches. Fresh Express returns to our parking lot this Thursday beginning at 1 p.m. while supplies last. Bring a reusable bag and get some free produce. If you can help with distribution, please call Bonnie Gray or Brenda Barnes. This preschool committee will meet this Thursday at 6 p.m. in the Ministry Center. The fellowship committee invites you to attend a creek float and hot dog cookout next Sunday at 3.30 p.m. There are more details in your bulletin. We hope you'll join us. Now, let us attune our hearts to worship as we hear the prelude. Please stand and join me in the call to worship you'll find in your bulletin. In the fire and the flames, in the division and the despair,
1: Be seated. Friends, trusting in God's hopes for us, let us come before God with contrite hearts, asking for reconciliation and peace. May we pray together as printed. Challenging Christ, forgive us when we avoid your hard truths, grant your mercy when we look for the easy path and avoid the path you set before us. Guide us back to where you would have us go. Strengthen us to face the challenge of living faithful lives and following your lead. Encourage us to rejoice when we see the way forward and love us so fully that we accept your love. Help us to live the love you shower on our lives that we may shower this love on others. In your love and grace we pray. Amen. May we stand to hear God's assurance. God hears our confession, rejoicing as we desire amendment of life. God lifts us from despondency to rejoice in the company of saints. God acknowledges the forces that separate us and brings us to peace. Rejoice in the knowledge of our reconciliation and a life lived in the presence of God. Amen. seated
0: please bow for the prayer of illumination God of wisdom we eagerly seek your presence in our lives and in the world by your spirit speak your word to us and give us your grace to recognize the abundant signs of your care for us so that we may be free to act in the world with courage and abandon, Amen. The New Testament reading this morning is Hebrew eleven twenty nine through twelve two. By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as if it were dry land, but when the Egyptians attempted to do so, they were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient, because she had received the spies in peace. And what more should I say? For time will fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jebediah, and of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouth of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, and put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. Yet all of these, they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had promised something better so that they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, Let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. Let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who, for the sake of the joy that has been set before him, endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: I'd like to invite any children present this morning to come and join us for a time together on the front benches. Good morning. Got some rubbing eyes and latent yawns. Come on. <laughs> Make room. Good morning. Were you sleeping or did you hear the scripture that Mr. Joey just read? Well, let me tell you a little bit about it. In the passage, he read a lot of different names of people or or characters in the Bible that teach us about faith. Um, They weren't pastors or Sunday school teachers or the traditional people that we think of often when we think of teachers of the faith. They were just people living their lives, doing their things. And the first people that were mentioned in that passage were the ancient Israelites. And if you remember the story from Exodus, the Israelites were on the run. They were trying to get away from mean Pharaoh, who had them working as slaves. And so they were trying to flee Egypt. And they got to this big body of water called the Red Sea. Did they swim across the, the water? No. What happened? What, Maddie? They walked right through it. That's right. Moses and the Israelites came up, and it says that God parted the waters. And it was like maybe two big walls of water on either side. And it says that the Israelites walked right through on dry land to the other side. I have a question. Would you be brave enough to walk between walls of water? Do you think that would be scary? No? You think it'd be fun? <laughs> uh, oh, if there were turtles, it would definitely be fun. <laughs> well, I might be a little afraid because what could happen? I mean, I've never seen anything like that before. It, it would be unknown. What might happen? That's right. The walls could collapse in. So those people, those ancient Israelites, they had to have a lot of trust in God to walk through that. Well, they, could make their own custom life jackets. they could make their own custom life jackets. That would be helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We know a lot about life jackets living here on an island, and that's very important. What I want to suggest, though, is that it took a lot of faith those those people that were following God had to have a lot of trust and faith to walk through those walls of water. Now in a few moments I'm going to take the lid off of this baptismal font and little Drew who's sitting behind you he's going to be baptized. Now he's really little and he's just learning a lot about life but one of the things that we want to make sure we teach him about is faith, is trust in God. And like the examples of the people that we read about in the Bible story just a minute ago, we all have an opportunity to demonstrate to Drew what faith looks like so that he can learn it too. He can follow our example. Now, I wondered if you had any ideas of how you might live in order that Drew and Anybody else could see and know that you have faith? What are things that you might do in your living, in your life? All right, big kids, what are things you might do in your life to show that we have faith? I'll give you a hint, you're doing one right now. What are you doing? Going to church. You're here in worship, and you're listening so good. You're taking it all in. You're going to leave as good, good, changed people, right? Well, there's a lot of things that we can do. We can pray for one another. You know, this week, there's going to be a lot of people here at this church giving out food at Fresh Express. We're going to help feed people who need it. I'm we gonna... could just give one of those popsicles. We could give them popsicles. That would be awesome. Or we could eat them ourselves. Or we could eat them ourselves. Okay. So I'm going to let you marinate on that a little bit to think about the ways that you can live in such a way that will teach Drew what it means to be a Christian, to live a life of faith. The Bible tells us that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. That means that there are people that came before us a long, long time ago, like in the Bible. There are people that were in our families that maybe have passed on. There are people around us right now that are still living, that are teaching and demonstrating to us the faith. And we are called to be a part of that great cloud of witnesses. And we all have the opportunity to do that today with a baptism. So let's celebrate. But before we do, let's close with prayer. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for everyone who teaches faithfulness and trust in you, for everyone who shows your love. Help us to live our lives to be a witness of faith today and always. Amen. Friends, you can return to your pew with your adult, and the congregation let us remain seated as we sing the baptismal verse, Dearest Jesus, We Are Here. Hear these words from our Lord Jesus Christ. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, Drew, I am with you always. The end of the age. Obeying these words of our Lord Jesus and confident of his promises, we baptize those God has already called. In baptism, God claims us and seals us to show that we belong to God. God frees us from sin and death, uniting us with Jesus Christ in his death and resurrection by water. In the Holy Spirit, we are made members of the church, the body of Christ, and joined to Christ's ministry of love, peace, and justice. Therefore, let us remember with joy our own baptism as we celebrate this sacrament. Quentin and Molly, is it your desire that Drew receive a Christian baptism? Is it? Through baptism, we enter the covenant that God has already established, and within this covenant, God gives us new life, guards us from evil, and nurtures us in love. In embracing that covenant, we choose whom we will serve. He's going to answer for himself, but I'm going to ask Molly and Quentin, as parents of the baptismal candidate, I ask that you profess your faith in Jesus by responding to the following questions. Trusting in the gracious mercy of God, do you turn from the ways of sin and renounce evil and its power in the world? Do you? Trusting in the gracious mercy of God, do you turn to the ways, do you turn to Jesus, trusting in his grace and love? Do you? Relying on God's grace, do you promise to live the Christian faith and to teach Drew, do you? Now, Pam, on behalf of your entire family, will you, by all of your prayers and witness, help your grandson Drew to grow into the full stature of Jesus Christ? We do. Okay, are you ready? (laughs) Hi. Andrew, hey. (laughs) Andrew Coleman Pyle. I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Lord, you have already claimed and spoken through this, your child of the covenant. You have already promised to be with him till the end of the age. Help us all today. Fulfill that promise as you guard him, as you guide him, and as you bless him in this journey. Amen. Drew wants to say hello to everyone, all his new brothers and sisters. I asked the children in the children's sermon if there was something that they could think of to do to demonstrate their faith, to become one of those in the great cloud of witnesses, but I challenge you all with that very same question. How can you teach Drew in your living, in your praying, and in your service How can you show, Drew, through your example, that Jesus Christ is Lord? All right, Mama. Quentin and Molly, before you go, I have a bag to to give you, and in it, along with some other goodies, is a Bible and a candle, a baptismal candle that we ask that you burn on this day for years to come, years to come in observance of what happened here today. Baptism is an important part of our life of faith. From it, draw rich blessings for yourselves and for Drew. As the family of God, all members of the same body, we share this special time with Drew. With joy and thanksgiving, we welcome him to the body of Christ. Amen. Let us sing again the baptismal verse. Continuing our lectionary from Luke's Gospel in chapter 12, we read that Jesus said, I have come to cast fire upon the earth, and how I wish it were already ablaze. I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what constraint I am under until it is completed do you think that i have come to bring peace to the earth no i tell you but rather division from now on five and one household will be divided three against two and two against three they will be divided father against son son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, when you see the cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, it is going to rain, and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, there will be scorching heat. And it happens. You hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you alone who is our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This is now the third Sunday in a row that the lectionary has kept us in Luke chapter 12. The last two weeks Jesus told parables and Talked about wealth and resources or hoarding our resources and reminding us that we can save up all that we want here on earth, but it will inevitably pass away. And the good news he shared is that it is always the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom, not just the stuff of the earth. As children of God, we are heirs of God's children. Pam just said that in the baptismal prayer. Because in and through baptism, we understand that we are claimed by God. It's kind of like our adoption day. Or maybe even a better metaphor, it's a welcome home day. Because we were never not God's. We just didn't know it or, like Drew, haven't learned it yet. And baptism reminds us that we are always destined for the kingdom. When I found out that Drew's baptism would take place on this Sunday, I eagerly turned to the gospel to see what word God might have for us on this joyful occasion. I knew we'd still be in Luke's gospel, and after reading the text for the day, I honestly shut the book and said, nope, not going to use it. See, I'd forgotten that in chapter 12, the stories move from examples of our resources and claiming the kingdom of God to this apocalyptical verse that we find here at the end. When we are celebrating... A baby's baptism and entry into the church, who wants to focus on the end of times? This is a beginning, right? When we're celebrating a baptism, I promise you, no family, I'd ask the Piles and McElhaney's, no family wants to hear about the unavoidability of family division, father against son and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law and so forth, it would make for a pretty uncomfortable luncheon after church, don't you think? I don't know about you, but on a day like today, I'd rather talk about peace or Unity or certainly togetherness as we claim our inheritance in Christ, certainly there are better topics, better verses for a baptism Sunday. So I shut the book. Yet something had already taken root. And as much as I kept saying I would pick a better story for today, I just couldn't shake these words from the lectionary gospel. Specifically, I couldn't help but wonder why Jesus brings up baptism here in verse 50 in the midst of all of this strong, somewhat terrifying, apocalyptical language. The absence of peace, division, households divided, conflict, not to mention consuming fire upon the earth. Yet, there to begin it is baptism. I just didn't understand it. Maybe I don't. But I did learn a few things when I finally opened the Bible again. Here's what I learned. Jesus says, I have come to cast fire upon the earth and how I wish it were already ablaze. I read this and I immediately thought of my time out west this last June, surrounded by by wildfires. There we were at Ghost Ranch and we were cautioned to not go outside during most of our visit because there was too much dangerous ash and toxic fume in the air. Hiking trails were closed because they came dangerously close to the fires. One evening while in Albuquerque my brother got a call from a friend who lived just outside the city saying that their, their neighborhood was on alert for evacuation in the next 24 hours. And even though we had occupied all his bedrooms in his house, we began making plans for couches and carpets to become makeshift beds if needed as people left their homes escaping the fires. Today, we still hear about the McKinney wildfire burning in California, the devastation as it has already taken several lives and burned communities. I looked up and right now there are 30 large uncontained fires burning in the US. And as of August 10th, the National Fire Center has counted over 40,000 fires In 2022 alone, burning more than 5.8 million acres of land. This is way above our national average. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire upon the earth, and how I wish it were already ablaze. Jesus also says that in his presence... There will be division, not peace. Children against parents, parents against children, family members in conflict. Just this weekend, I had a tourist knock on my office window. He had seen my light on and wanted to know if I knew anything more about those three graves that are right outside my office, the ones that have the delicate iron fence around it all pointing in the opposite direction of the other tombstones. These three graves are for three individuals who were teachers from the Boston Freedmen Association who were sent as missionaries to Edisto in 1865 to help teach the black residents of Edisto how to read. Dottie Thomas can tell you in greater detail about this story. It's one that you should hear and you should know. It harkens us back to 1865, a time when civil war was raging in our nation a war that was often referred to as the war of brother against brother. Our nation was divided. Households were divided. There are many stories of brothers literally fighting in the same battle, but on opposite sides. It was a war of fratricide, and I don't know if family conflict can get any worse than that. Now, today our nation is not in a civil war, but those three graves out there, they continue to represent the disunity that we experience, both in the past, and if we're honest, right here today, in our present. Are we not still divided? Are there not still families among us who are estranged or at odds with one another? Are our loyalties not constantly being sought for whatever the hot-button issue of the day might be? Jesus said that in his presence there will be division. So now I begin... To read this passage from Luke again, and as I do so, instead of recoiling from it, from its future prediction, I find myself nodding my head and thinking, yep, destruction happens. We see that around us. Division. Well, it happens. It's here. We live this reality every day. So maybe then, these words from Jesus are not prescriptive, you know, pointing us to some end of time scenario and scaring us into submission, but rather these words of Jesus are descriptive, sharing with us a glimpse of reality as it is now, a window into the world that we are called to live in and keep the faith in. We can't deny that these events that we have come to associate with the end of times have already been happening all around us, and they've been happening for a very long time in our world. There's nothing more I would love to tell Drew today then, now that you're baptized, you'll live happily ever after. Because that's the story that we yearn for. And maybe it's even the one that we believe that we are promised, baptized, heirs of the kingdom of God. Shouldn't we live happily ever after? Into that promised love and Peace and justice that I just mentioned in our baptism liturgy? Shouldn't our baptism preclude us from the destruction and the division of this world? Well, yes, to the first question. Yes, in the sense that as Christ's heirs, We take up this charge to work for love and peace and justice. And I emphasize work because it's not going to fall in our laps. You know, in the very next verse in chapter 12, Jesus says, Now you judge for yourselves what is right. Oof. That's loaded. (laughs) You judge That means we have to read and know the times, understanding what's happening around us, knowing and understanding the people around us, and in those situations, demonstrate the faith, just like I spoke to the children about. In our work, we become the great cloud of witnesses whereby we and others know God's love and peace and justice. So yes. Yes to that first question. But no, no to the second question. No, our baptism will not preclude us from the darker part of this story. Jesus said, I have a baptism with which to be baptized. And what constraint am I under until it's completed? This passage perplexes me. I'll be honest. I read it in lots of different uh, translations. One other interpretation said, what stress am I under until it's completed? Stress and baptism? Baptism? I don't know, are you guys stressed today? I don't associate the two. Joy in baptism, maybe, but stress? Here I think we have to do a little theological digging. Remember that Paul said that all of us who were baptized were baptized into Christ Jesus and his death. We, therefore, buried with him through baptism in death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we, too, might live new life. Death and baptism. They're closely related. For in our baptism, we are connected with Christ in Christ he came to save us through his death many biblical scholars agree that this verse from Luke chapter 12 about baptism is actually foreshadowing the stress of his looming death and until it is completed until Jesus death is completed the destruction and the devastation of this world, it will continue. Paul tells us too, however, don't start crying yet, Drew. It's not over. There's still good news. Because Paul tells us that there is another side of the coin as well. Baptism and resurrection. Resurrection. They, too, are closely related. In fact, they're all interconnected because because of our baptism. We, too, share in Christ's resurrection and a chance to live new life. Put simply, put very simply, resurrection calls us to start again every time death comes to call. It's not about the end of times. No, it's promise, and it's an opportunity for now. A life of faith, being a member of this community, the church, it doesn't always yield the immediate happy endings that we would like. Somehow, life and death and resurrection, well, they're all intertwined. Look at what we read from Hebrews today. The Israelites who crossed the Red Sea were saved. Yay! But a lot of people drowned that day, a lot of people died. The Israelites passed through the waters into safe place. Yay! But then they spent 40 years there wandering. And I can't even begin to imagine how tough that was. And even though this story of beginnings and endings, even through all of the hardship, It leads to the birth of a new people, a new nation, a family of faith from which today we still are informed and guided. And the others mentioned, the writer of Hebrews says that they endured isolation and poverty and suffered mocking and flogging and imprisonment and some even death. Yet these are our prophets. These are the faith leaders that still guide us and inform us today. They endured much, and their names stand as beacons of hope for us today as we traverse our own journey of faith in the reality of the world. So what I learned from this passage today Destruction, it comes. Division, yep, that too. Just because we're Christians, it doesn't mean we're promised a happily ever after in this life. Yet hope arises in the miracle that life goes on anyway. From the fires that scorch the earth, New life emerges, sometimes more abundantly than it was there before. In families broken and conflict divided, Jesus speaks to them of a new reality of connection, one not based on bloodlines, but on the covenant of Jesus' blood. Blood poured out for those who find fellowship in the family of God. You see, resurrection calls us to start again every time death in its many forms shows up in our lives. And that's why death has no sting. That's not to say that it doesn't feel strongly when we experience death and its consequences, but we hope. No, we are assured that death is not final. And we are called to start again through the miracle of resurrection. We participate in Christ's resurrection through our baptism. And that's what makes us heirs of the kingdom. We all celebrate our adoption, our homecoming today in Drew's baptism. And with him, let us start Again, living fresh lives of faith together, even in this difficult world. Amen. May we begin to do just that as we stand now together and proclaim to the world what it is we believe. I believe in God, the Father Almighty From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Will you join me in prayer? Oh God, you have cast fire upon the earth. Its heat sears our troubled conscience. And we are weary, weary from running from its flames. Lord, let your fire consume every sin upon the earth. And with our hearts ablaze, help us to continue to seek you so that you may baptize us again with your presence. Filled with the Holy Spirit, we set out again to work toward your love and peace and justice. Help us as we find ways to bring relief to those who have endured hardship. Comfort those who are suffering and sit with those who are grieving. Open our imaginations to see others as family connected by the blood of Jesus Christ, a bond so much stronger than any other. And break our hardened hearts that keep telling us again and again that we just have to live with the consequences of death in this world rather than start again in the new life you offer. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of baptism and all that it symbolizes. Thank you for this family you have blessed here today. Help them and all of us to live into our baptismal vows. Heal all our divisions and strengthen us in unity so that when destruction or division comes, and we know it will, that we have a community at our back reminding us, encouraging us, and loving us so. Lord, thank you for your son who poured himself out that we might have the opportunity of new life here in this kingdom on the earth and in the kingdom yet to come. Hear us together now as we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, mindful of the abundance that we have received in Christ, we offer ourselves and our gifts to the world. Lord, we praise you for your mighty and abundant love. Sing through the gifts that we return to you, that others too may know of your great love, peace, and justice. Sing through our lives, that through us others may discover your song. Sing even through our division, that we may discover a unity we have never tasted before in your peace. Amen. Amen. And now let us sing, alleluia, sing to Jesus. Who were once far away have been brought near in the grace of Christ. We who were once divided, have discovered God's peace in the unity of the Spirit. We who were once alone are connected in the love of God. We who were lone individuals are now united as a body, one family, one faith. One baptism to share God's unifying love in the world. Go in peace. Amen. Going to go get him?